You're listening to Focus on the Bible. I want to thank you for joining our show here at Focus on the Bible. If you have a friend that could use the truth that we're bringing here on our show, would you please make a connection for us? We always would like to increase our listening audience. Also, I want to send out a big thank you to our support family. Here at Focus Ministries, we don't talk very much about money at all, but make no mistake, friend, we are a by-faith ministry, and we're so appreciative of every gift that comes our way that we could keep our ministries going. Now, let's talk about something very important today. The Bible is a great big book, and God is working in the Bible throughout history in many ways on many different levels, and it can become a confusing book to understand if we don't have some guidance of the Lord. And I want to share with you today, there was a time in my life that, that I was astounded at what I was hearing. I knew it wasn't correct, but I didn't know what to do with what I was hearing. It concerns this area of forgiveness. How can a person know that he ultimately is forgiven legally of everything before God? How could a person know that he's been saved from sins and the penalty of sins of hell forever? And there are so many things that we could come upon that would cause us to think maybe there's a long list of things that a person must do in order to have forgiveness of sins. When I was in my late teen years, I sat under an evangelist, and I'll never forget that night when he said that if you had never walked forward in a meeting, you were not saved. I was shocked by that. I knew that's not correct, but I didn't know what to do. I was a shy kid. I didn't know my way around in the Bible enough to have a conversation with a professional. He also said if you'd never been water baptized that you were not saved. And again, I knew this does not ring true, but I didn't know what to do. I went home that night and I just cried, but I became a Bible student. In those days, I got a hold of a book that I was sure would be uh, very clear and restore my appreciation for those who bring the truth or should bring the truth. And I read that book, and it was just a sea of confusing terms I was learning. Not all those who talk about God say the right things about God. I had a friend who had a series of five different books. I figured if since his mom has recommended these books, they'll shoot right to the issue, but they didn't. In fact, they agreed with the others. It seemed that salvation was so hard to understand and speak clearly. But friend, that's really not true. The Bible is clear and the Bible is simple about this matter. But we have to understand that there are some things in the Bible written that are not referring to how to have ultimate forgiveness of sins or how to be saved. The Bible covers many issues. But when it comes to the single issue of how to have forgiveness of sin, the Bible speaks very clearly about that. I want to choose a, a passage of Scripture today. It's early church. It's in Acts chapter 10. And I want to answer this question, how do I have forgiveness of my sins legally before God? Let me give you some tips as we go through the text today. There are some things that clearly don't bring forgiveness of sins. Here they are. First of all, I don't have forgiveness of sin by confession of all my sins. 
You'll see that in the story today, but let's just speak logically for a moment. Friend, we don't even know all our sins in order that we could even confess them, do we? Number two, you'll find today that forgiveness is not given by God just because a person wants to be forgiven. There are plenty of people who would like to be forgiven, but they're not going to get that just because they want that. Number three, Forgiveness doesn't come by asking God to forgive all my sins. Sometimes a person has the idea that there has to be this formal prayer in which we beseech God, we ask God, beg God in prayer to forgive us all our sin. You'll see that sometimes we can get carried away about a thing and make that a part of saving faith that really doesn't belong. You'll see that in the story today. And then please understand that forgiveness of sin is not by obedience to the law or even obedience to what we might call Christian living. Forgiveness of sin is not given by obedience to anything. If it were, friend, we'd all be in trouble because who among us has perfectly obeyed what the Bible says? They don't call salvation by grace that term for nothing. Salvation must be by grace. It it always comes because of the mercy of God, not because we dot every I and cross every T concerning our Christian living. What you will find in the story today is that forgiveness of sin is always, in every age, given by faith alone in the Savior that God sent into our world. And now would you join me in Acts chapter 10, and let's set the backdrop of this story. In Acts chapter 10, God is at work. He's at work through his servant Peter, the apostle. Peter is Jewish, born and raised, and his ministry is among the Jews, but God is telling him in Acts chapter 10, we're coming to a different part of the story now. The gospel is going to expand. It's going among the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and Peter has to get that through his head. And then God is at work in a man named Cornelius. And God is going to bring these two people together to get Cornelius to have forgiveness of sin by faith in Jesus Christ. If you'll pick it up in Acts chapter 10 now. And we'll begin in verse 1. Here's the description of this man, Cornelius. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. So what do we know? He's not a Jew. This man is a Roman. He's a Roman soldier. He's a centurion. That means he's the captain of 100. So here's a man of rank and importance. Verse 2 says, a devout man and one that feareth God with all his house, which gaveth, gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And so this man living now in a Jewish place has heard of the Jewish God and the Jewish Messiah. And he is living among these believing Jews, and he simply is seeking their God. He fears their God. He wants to have forgiveness. And he has heard from these Jews, has learned from them these very Jewish law-keeping matters, and he's doing them. I want you to note that the Bible says he's a devout man. That is, he's doing what he knows to do. But make no mistake, friend. The things that he's doing, though Jewish they are, are not saving things. 
This man is not saved. He apparently knows he's not saved. These Jewish things, even the giving of alms, are not making him to be saved. The Lord respects this. The Lord respects the fact that Cornelius fears him, that Cornelius is seeking the truth about how to have forgiveness of sins. In chapter 10 and verse 35, the Bible says, But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So Cornelius is fearing God. He's working righteous things. But make no mistake, This is respected by God, but it's not saving with God. Cornelius has just put him in a place that he has shown the Lord, Lord, I want the truth. I want to know how it is to have forgiveness of sin. God highly respects that, but this person is not saved because he's seeking God. This is going to bring him to understand the way of salvation by the mouth of Peter the Apostle. Now, chapter 10 and verse 25, Peter has spent the night in Cornelius' house. Now, this is not what you do as a Jewish preacher. You don't live among the Gentiles. You don't spend the night with them, but Peter's done it. And when he wakes in the morning, he finds a house full of other guests too because Cornelius has invited his family and friends, verse 24. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Now, do you see Cornelius is pretty uptight here. Peter's come to him to speak the word of the Lord. He spent the night in his home. And the first thing Cornelius does, he gets in the floor to basically worship Peter. Peter tells him to chill, to relax, that he is not God. He's a man who is like Cornelius, who himself needs forgiveness of sin. Amen. That's good. But Cornelius needs to relax now and let Peter do his job of bringing the word of the Lord to him about how to have forgiveness of sins. Peter asked him, what What is it that you brought me here for? For what intent, verse 29, ye have sent for me? And Cornelius answers him in verse 33, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. So Cornelius is so desperate for Peter to get this right for him, to speak the truth in love to him, to speak it in a clear way, a simple way, that even this non-Jew could understand. Now in this early church period, they all are fairly watching God. (laughs) They're trying to figure this out. How is it that forgiveness will be given? Is it by the law? Is it all according? According to Moses? Is it by the Ten Commandments? Is it by this thing that is sweeping the countryside, baptism in water? How will forgiveness be done? There's a great question that came up five chapters later about this very thing. Is it by law? Is it by circumcision? Peter through God's working in him in Acts chapter 10, is going to settle this matter forever for the church. And now we know our mission is clear and our message is set from God based on what Peter brought to Cornelius. In verse 39, 
He says that they were witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. So Peter established that this is about Jesus. It's about Jesus dying on the cross. They killed him on the tree. Verse 40, him, God raised up the third day. And so Peter freely preaches that Jesus died on the cross for sin and that three days later he rose from the dead. That's the basis of this message of forgiveness. It's not what can you do for God. It's what has God in Jesus Christ done for you. Amen. That's good. It's all about Jesus. It's not a message of how much do I fear God? How many of my sins have I confessed? How much money am I giving? No, no. It's not about what we could do for God. It's what Christ has done for us. In verse 43, Peter then brings the message to the climax here. He says to him, that is Jesus Christ, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now, isn't that plain and clear and simple enough to understand? There's no reason to take our eye off the ball. It's not by law. It's not by confession of sins. Thank God. It's not by righteous Christian living that we earn our way to God, that we receive forgiveness of sins as a reward for righteous Christian living. No, no, friend, if it were, then salvation would be of man. And it's not. It's of God. Amen. It's through what Jesus Christ did for us. And Peter gives Cornelius and his family and his friends a good dose of gospel clarity here that's to be a model going forward. This is how we preach the gospel. He says that whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. Friend, salvation, forgiveness before God is by faith alone in Christ alone. And when those people simply did what Peter told them to do, believing in his name, they received the Holy Spirit. That's in verse 44, one verse later. The Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So the whole house believed in Christ and the whole house was given the Holy Spirit to mark that this is what saves people into eternal life. This is what brings sweet forgiveness of sins. It's faith in Jesus Christ. And this was used as a model in Acts chapter 15 for how to proceed when Peter said, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddiecoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.